0: Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo, I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we're gonna talk a little bit about weather on Lake Michigan because um, all of us know that Lake Michigan can get a little bit treacherous on sun certain days and you need to pick your weather windows. So we have um, Foster Shucker who is a gold looper and a Harbor Host of the Year and um, a big proponent of spending as much time as you can on the Great Lakes and then heading to Michigan perhaps a little bit later in the season on that lake than has been recommended um, and we'll get into the details of that in just a moment but before we do i want to take a moment to recognize and thank our admiral sponsors who support aglca at the highest level they are curtis stokes and associates passagemaker trawler fest skipper bob publications and waterway guide media as always we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the great loop And with that out of the way, I would like to welcome Gold Looper, Foster Shucker. Um, Foster and his chosen life partner, Susan Wilson, are Harbor Hosts of the Year from a few years back. And they together did the Great Loop and they're gonna tell you a little bit more about that. But uh, um, Foster is uh, kind of an expert, so to speak, on weather. He is located on the Chesapeake and often helps loopers with some weather suggestions and resources there. And I have asked him to do the same about Lake Michigan. So Foster, thanks for joining us.
1: Super, thanks Kim for asking about this podcast. Um, So Susan and I have been boaters for years. Uh, We did our loop in 2014, 2015, which is like three lifetimes ago, but we still putt around the Chesapeake. Um, And we're super happy that we get asked every year to do the Chesapeake and weather presentations at the spring rendezvous. Uh, I think we've done the last four years. Uh, People will remember this spring rendezvous uh, because Susan gave both sections of the Chesapeake and the weather. I was the uh, fat guy in the back, just sort of waving my hands and doing puppet actions. Uh, So I'm super excited to be able to speak today. Uh, I will admit, though, more than a few loopers were happy to hear me shut up and (laughs) for a variety of reasons. But so on the forum, Susan's super active in the Reluctant Spouses Forum and she spoke to a lot of reluctant spouses at the seminars her presentation in may had the side effect of going oh women can do these presentations and we're both excited about new speakers that can possibly come up next year so we're kind of thrilled about maybe have started that
0: yeah and and susan did a fabulous job um and you know proved that she is very capable on her own um, but we like to have you there too, Foster, so you can, you can tag team it, <laughs> um, but so when I first got involved with A- AGLCA, kind of the looper lore at that time was that you should try to be in Chicago by Labor Day, and the idea was that the Lake Michigan weather tends to get worse as you get further into the fall. Um, you've kind of worked to dispel that myth, so um, I know you, because I've seen your posts and we've chatted about it, but you have collected some feedback from loopers out there um, who have stayed out later into the summer and into the fall. So, you know, help us dispel that myth. Tell us what you have found by collecting some information from loopers on Lake Michigan.
1: Okay, great. Great opening question. So I've, I've done a couple of things. Number one is I've done weather studies for specifically the months of June, July, August, September, October. And I've gone back from when we looped in 2015, because I actually had data from then to 2021, which is last year. Um, So I've got the, the weather facts themselves, the actual weather service data to look at. And I've asked loopers who were actually on Lake Michigan from the first of September to the end of October to report back their actual data logs for their current season. And the first the first request kind of went out on the little haphazard thing under damn it foster people will die but there's been a yearly thread since then and the idea that i had was not to get information from a friend of a cousin that knows a guy that has a boat that knows somebody on lake michigan (laughs) but actually get looper people that were there and i get about a dozen responses a year so Let's sort of set a baseline here. Our boat, Susan's boat and my boat is Quo Vadimus. It's a 45-foot bay liner, and we don't travel in winds over 15 knots or wave heights over two feet. You know, like all boats, it'll do much more, but we're pleasure boaters, and there's no reason to do anything more than that. Okay, so if I go back and look at the historical data, there's not a statistical difference between our, quote, sailing weather days from early june to mid-october and if i look at it you know the data fluctuates about plus or minus three days a month across that entire range so we're not looking at you know vastly different you know data bad weather days uh if you look back to may the lake has much more rainy days it's spring rain day and you can kind of see that the spring rain days translate into flooding on the Missouri and the Mississippi and that kind of river system and we see them every year you can also go a little west and see that early May days it floods in the area also but nobody's in either location at those times so it's not a really big deal okay so after the 20th October though there are more cold days and cold days for us is below 60 degrees and the number of storm days starts to increase so where you would have a couple storms during each month of june july august and september in october they start to ramp up and in november they're even higher so you know it, it doesn't do that so the weather the weather data does not support the folklore Okay, and I use folklore in a a fairly friendly term. I do hear people from leave, the people that leave the Trent Severn end, so that's Port Severn, uh, when the canal closes, and that can kind of put you in a weather bind. So, you know, you kind of want to be off the Trent when it closes, but you're good to go. Okay, so let's get back here. In the reported data, not much difference in unable to travel days in September that were not in June, July, and August. Good. I will note that shutdowns of marinas is a constant worry, but the shutdowns in 2020 and 2021 were due to people not voting due to COVID. You know, We asked them to specifically say, why was the marina closing? And the marina people came back and said, eh, there's nobody here. Okay. Loopers reporting in 2020 had more problems getting water and fuel than in 2021. But I'm going to predict, I hate to predict stuff I don't know about, but 2022 will be much better. But if I look at the Chesapeake and stuff, there's more boaters out there. There's stuff happening. So there's going to be later seasons. Okay. So I said two and I lied. So there's actually a third prong and that I've gone after the folklore people and I've asked them to sort of change the folklore people, you know, their, their, their presentations and, I've poked at you Kim sorry it's been kind of like you know like pokey 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 on a regular basis but I've noticed in your talks you've now slid that window out and I feel much better about that um and I know that you're on the perch there I can see in the background and I'm hoping that as you travel down through Chicago the waters you'll be able to give me some real-time reporting on how it's going and all this other great stuff um Really hoping it's not going to be the much beloved looper cam russo dies because of ignoring local folklore <laughs> as we go through that right
0: so, <laughs> i'm hoping that too <laughs> yeah,
1: so that, that'll be a positive. but i'm, I'm gonna guess based on where you're at now and that you're gonna hit chicago you're you're kind of on track to be on the lakes in september yeah okay for sure. so on the forum there's a ton of quote old loopers I'm not, not one of them. This is not a gray beard or gray hair. <laughs> and there's a general consensus, a great deal of the 2021-22 loopers are not hardcore boaters. They don't have a lot of boating things. This is a bucket list thing for them. They have purchased a boat, got a boat, and they're off of them. So my general guidance and the, the gray hair general guidance is to put them into the best weather possible their way around the loop. And so we've done that. So I watched a ton of boats come up here through May, through June. They've trickled out. I've watched, you know, Brian's marina fill up in June. I'm watching the people go across, you know, so we're we're like, they're in the best weather possible to go through this. So what I'm going to guide people to do is take your best weather days, spend some extra time in Canada spend the last week in september in chicago there's a a back-to-back open season with the cubs the phillies will come into town you can watch two days worth of the phillies beating them and then you can watch them beat beat by the red sox so it's a great time to be there but note it's the last week in september it's not the the, you know be off the river um a quick shout out to mike o'malley who's of the chicago harbor hose he runs a travel business he may be able to get you games and go see that um the architectural water tour in chicago those last two weeks with the long sunsets is going to be fabulous it's great stuff but you now have 29 extra days to do stuff in canada or michigan or both sides do the wisconsin side go crazy okay use (laughs) the weather days as your friend
0: absolutely and um you know, the Great Lakes have some of the finest cruising available on the Great Loop. So um, I'm honestly not sure where the Labor Day thing originally came from, as far as being in Chicago. Um, But there really is no reason to rush. And one thing I do want to throw in here is that the lot closure on the Illinois waterway for this year, um, full closure ends uh the beginning of september i believe but there is still a partial closure which means during the day that lock is closed at brandon road i right. believe the opening is september 8th fourth. if i'm not mistaken oh it
1: moved back to the eighth oh okay
0: what what were you thinking was i should I was thinking it was the that. fourth
1: but it's it's back to the eighth
0: i think the full closure may end the fourth and then okay. the partial closure goes on a little bit further Then it's the eighth or the ninth i'll make sure i put that um in the comments when we actually post this podcast.
1: Okay. Um, plus, plus then you also have all of the commercial traffic that's backed up that's trying to get through. So go watch the fellies, Right. All right. The commercial traffic go.
0: Yeah. And the other thing that I do wanna point out um, for those who aren't currently on the loop, but are planning next year, 2023, there is a prolonged closure on the Illinois waterway again. It is another four month closure, which we saw in 2020. Um, I think that the planners did take some feedback from everything that was planned for 2020 because the plan is has been moved a month earlier. So in 2020 it was closed for uh, July, August, September, and October, meaning that the first loopers could get through on the plan was November into you know through Chicago and into the Illinois waterway. They've moved that all uh, forward. Earlier in the year. So it starts in June. So the closure is June, July, August, and September. That really works. And I hope everybody's kind of taking Foster's information and the data he's collected to heart because I'm hearing people saying, oh, 2023 is not a good year to loop. It really is. Um, You know, the fact that you won't be able to get into the Illinois waterway until October 1st is really not a big issue. You shouldn't have bad weather. It's a little later than many loopers typically do. But from a weather standpoint, just like anywhere else, you're gonna wanna pick your weather days. But from what Foster has gleaned statistically, it shouldn't be that different than if you came through September 1st. So keep that in mind as you start to look towards 2023. Um, And and Foster, a lot of this discussion and a lot of your thoughts on the weather on Lake Michigan were kind of started from your own experiences on the loop. So tell us about what you and Susan experienced on the loop and particularly in Lake Michigan while you were on the way.
1: Yep. So we're we're poster children for quitting our jobs, jumping on a boat and heading north. So some the we we know them and we've spoken to them before, but we had people convince us just like quit and go. But we're also poster children about being on a schedule and the doom that happens. You know, I rant and rave about this schedule nonsense because I existed. It almost killed me. Um, We got to Manistique on the Upper Peninsula. So which is a great place to visit. It's got food. There's a wineries. There's great. Oh, it's just, it's fabulous. But we got fogged in on day four. We do the looper thing. We go out. I do the looper brain thing. Oh, we go back in cause it's not going to work fine, but that's the last buffer day of my schedule. Um, I need to make the fall rendezvous in Rogersville at the time. So next day has to be better. Cause I'm, on a schedule so we leave in an hour out the waves aren't down but i kind of go well they're going to get better you know this will be fine this will be good to it so three hours into it bell our aged cat who sleeps downstairs in the front cabin climbs basically four flights of stairs lands in my lap in the pilot house quirks into my lap and leaves and i'm like oh okay that's not good and I go to Susan who's sitting next to me well somebody isn't happy here Susan says nobody's happy and she turns and horks into her bucket that she's holding so everybody's seasick on the boat it's just not a happy place so well so we get to Fayette the the snail shell our our destination and every night we do a debriefing so it's like How'd the day go? How do we get off the dock? How'd the trip go? how did docking go? Lessons learned and this kind of stuff. And I'm on thin ice, as you can probably imagine. And Susan just says, just to be clear, you are rushing to meet people you don't know. And based on the forum, you don't like, and chances are you will never meet them again. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sums that up pretty well and i think i called you the next day and said uh cancel our slip so that was the end of our schedule nonsense to the so after that so we're now in fayette which is if you look the really northern part of lake michigan on the michigan the wisconsin side and we did well for weather it was the start of really sticking to our go no go system that we preached when our weather presentations and the log showed i went back and looked we weren't really stuck in port and the days we kind of were stuck in port we went off and explored
0: yeah so being stuck in port in fact we had an article in the great loop link not too long ago um, after the spring rendezvous when everybody was kind of fogged in you know got a day or two past norfolk and was fogged in for about a week and um karen from long recess wrote a great piece on you know what you can find and the, you know, the unexpected delights that you can find when you're in a small town and stuck in for a week. So take those opportunities to explore. But um, let's take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. And then I wanna uh, jump in a little bit to what you know, people can expect on Lake Michigan because it has been dubbed like washing machine at times, um, but it is doable and it is, you can do it and, and enjoy it. So we'll jump into that. We'll be back in a moment. Did you know that every mile of the Great Loop is covered by Skipper Bob guides? Its mile-by-mile format is a great planning tool and essential at the helm. On the most popular routes and side trips, Skipper Bob covers preparation, navigation, bridges and locks, and the best places to visit. Skipper Bob guides are updated each year, and its website keeps you current with navigation alerts and cruising news. To check it out, go to skipperbob.net. Skipper Bob is a proud Admiral Sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio today. We are chatting with Foster Shucker. He is a Harbor Host of the Year, and he is a Gold Looper. Um, He is telling us a little bit about what to expect from the weather in Lake Michigan. And we're about to jump into some of the resources you can use to um, determine what the weather will be on the specific time you're gonna be on the lake. Um, But talk a little bit, Foster, you know, we hear perhaps the weather is is better on the Wisconsin side. And I, I know you're a big fan of the Wisconsin side and would love to draw people that way. But what are the typical weather patterns on the
1: lake? Okay. So not to split hairs, but basically on Lake Michigan, weather goes, oh, wait, how's this going <laughs> to work? West to east. Back, you know, so it's, it's going to go west to east. So you're going to see come from the southwest to the northwest from the, the west, and they're going to like segue across the, the lake. There isn't. Up there a rainier season or a drier season when loopers are there. There's definitely one when loopers are not there. But if if you look back across the decades, there kind of is a, a four-two pattern of four nicer days and two not so nice days that you can look at. Now with climate change and stuff, that may change, you know. And so I don't want people looking at this in 2029 going, he's an idiot, raids here all the time. <laughs> But the nice days in the summers, you know, are there. But the thing is, the nice days in the summers are also hot because of the lack of the wind and the high temperatures. So you've got some chance to get in there. You mentioned uh, lake washing machine. Mm-hmm. And and again, so people need to pick their weather days. You know, yeah. and that's we're the all everywhere. Yeah, you are all big boys and girls. You have access to it, but just pick your weather days.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about that too and the access to it but let's um you know focus a little bit on the how big is typically and i know we're talking in generalities here but how big typically is the difference in conditions if you're on the wisconsin side of the lake versus the, the michigan side of the lake
1: okay so from a land standpoint they both kind of get the same amount of weather but there's a difference from the marine side if we go back to our boating 101 classes that we all took we know that winds pushing on the water create waves. The more that winds can push on the water, the waves get bigger, the higher they can be. So, and that term is called fetch. Winds blowing on the water in the Green Bay and Sturgeon Bay, which is that little slice on the Wisconsin side over there, is only about a 10 mile fetch. It's not a big deal. So the waves over there never really get big, but, when you get onto the lake the west side to the east side can be 70 90 miles plus over there and that's a lot of chances for the wind to pick up grab the water push the water make the water blow along over there so what one may be a 15 knot wind on the western side and you're gonna get waves of two feet or so by the east sides those are three and four footers north to south is where the action starts so the lake is 300 miles from north to south and 125 miles to the south so you live in somerville the the south you know south carolina Mm -hmm. the home port so that distance is from your house to norfolk
0: wow
1: And, and you know that traveling that distance that was what six or seven weather zones, maybe eight weather zones that you had to traverse of things that were happening. So, on Lake Michigan, it's important to look at where you are versus where you're going. Um, the average looper is going to go 40 to 60 miles in a day. You can easily cross two or three forecast zones. So, it's important to look, you know, what's when I'm leaving, what's the weather. And where's the weather in the middle and where's the weather on the way out? Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure that all those forecasts are going to make you happy.
0: Yeah. So you're mentioning the forecast. Tell us about your favorite weather apps on Lake Michigan and um, what is it you like about each of them?
1: Okay. So I'm agnostic about weather apps. You should grab a couple that you like, learn how to use them, start following them. You know, get comfortable with the apps before you get to Lake Michigan and... To my home port, the Chesapeake. You know, I really hate to hear people go, Oh, we got smashed around in washing machine Michigan, and we got, you know, smacked by the Chesapeake. It's like you made bad decisions. You know, pick three weather systems that show the winds, the waves, and the wave directions. You know, grab those apps. There's dozens out there. There are AGLA sponsors that have those weather apps. Grab them and use them. I use NOAA for both marine and land radio. I mean, marine and land forecasts all the time because it's the mother source for most of the weather data. Uh, My favorite is for Lake Michigan is the Lake Michigan and Huron operational forecast system. And I'm going to guess there's going to be links somehow that you get out to people.
0: Yeah. I'll put the links to these resources that Foster is mentioning in the um, text area, you know, the description of the podcast for today. Okay.
1: Perfect. And then when I said operational forecast system, there was like a massive set of thuds because again, foster OPS, like really you smack us with this on the Chesapeake and the Delaware. And it's like, yeah, but that's what the captains really use. The pro people to keep from drowning and dumping their cargo, grab that. So using the OPS for Michigan, Huron, Erie, the Ontario lakes, Chesapeake and Delaware is a big deal. You know, like, you learn it once, it's good for a ton of places on the system. I like it because humans don't tweak it. You know, around here, we have weather forecasts. We call the Wawa forecast because of the the grocery stores. And -hmm. we call them the French toast forecast. You know, you need eggs, bread, milk. And then there's no storm. And now what do you do with that? Oh, you make French toast. So... (laughs) We're, we're fine with that but it's like humans don't tweak the ofs forecast but the ofs forecast doesn't spoon feed you the wave heights it gives you the winds and the currents and since the winds make the currents looper 101 we can figure it out so right now i, I looked this morning here on august 4th at 10 a.m the operational forecast system at holland shows winds at five knots from the north you know and so that's the middle of the lake. And nobody's listening to this. They should be all out there boating, going, we had a great time. That's out there. Okay. So after that, I like passage weather. It's awesome. But it's kind of daunting to loopers because it actually uses the weather symbols. So it's the flag with the little teeth off the top of it and the directions and the smuggler and the boogalow. And, you know, <laughs> people are like, oh, I don't know about this. This is hard. But it gives you the wind, the wave, and the wave directions. Okay. So it's great. Um, I like windy. Windy's pretty simple to use, and it does a good job. Windy also lets you pick different forecast systems off on the side. So you can go through and pick a forecast system that you like. So those are good. And uh, the link I sent you was for the one for the Bay of Green Bay, sort of on the eastern side. Okay. So pet peeve is spooning is an issue. People get complacent. They go, "Oh, look, the winds are at 15, gus at 25, wave heights at one foot." And you go, "Which one of these is not correct?" You know. So I always do a sanity check. Uh, if the river where I'm in a river, and the wind's blowing east to west, that's fine. A fetch of one foot makes sense. You know, because it's only a mile, and so the wave height is that. I'm on the Great Lakes. You know, 100-mile fetch, 30-mile gusts, it's not going to be one foot. So let's let's pay attention to that. Like, think about this.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and most loopers do check multiple sources of weather. So how many do you typically check before you head out for the day?
1: I do three. I check the rule of three. I use three different forecasts that I look at, and I take the worst one, and I go with that. So i'm you know i that's the one i pick with and and go um they're really the three of them make you know some of them kind of balance out and you're good sometimes there's really a a backlier outlier and it's a problem but when i start the boat up i we got out there there's a voice in my head are there voices in your head i never know this anyway but there's a (laughs) voice in my head that goes um should we um foster um um, um be out now. Um, you know, or should we head back to shore? When the voice starts talking to me, I'm thinking that I'm in trouble. So I'd like you to say trust your inner, you know, Al Roker, your inner Willard Scott, Jim Katori. Well, maybe not Jim, because he's like stands up breakwaters and hurricanes, but you know, if if your voice is gone. This isn't quite what I expected. Maybe it's a time to like duck back in again.
0: Yeah. And and you're right on Jim Cantore. When he arrives in Charleston, we know we've got a big hurricane heading directly for us. <laughs> yes. So um what other websites have useful data for Lake Michigan? And you know, what kind of types of data can you expect to find?
1: So the websites that I suggested before, uh, Noah Wendy and those guys are really good at what they're doing. But you have to remember that for case forecasts out one to three days are pretty solid and then things fall apart so you know i I go it's middle school time so love the one day hold tight to the two day adore three and four days and be friends with the six to ten but (laughs) be a fickle middle school girl and dump it if the forecast is a lie so things start falling apart just go i'm not trusting you anymore when you get your act back together again then we'll start using you but i kind of actually ducked the question so i I really want to see loopers put more effort into weather apps and chart plotters i I see you know endless you know garmin versus very marine versus blah 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 and it's like i don't care you know that doesn't make any difference a bad chart plotter will slam you into a sandbar sito pulls you off a bad weather app will send you out into the middle of the lake or a bay or the ocean and it'll drown you in a heartbeat it doesn't care so by the time you're in the great lakes of the chesapeake you should have about 500 hours of using a weather app depending on where you start okay so you know my soapbox has always been knowing when to drive the boat the weather how to anchor the boat is plus dock the boat drive the boat you know, and it's kind of from the airplane thing. Airplane guys know when to take off because of the weather. They all are practicing landings all the time. Flying around is not a big deal to them. So right. we're good with that.
0: Yeah. So you know, obviously, as you very well stated, the weather data is extremely important to safe boating. How reliable are the forecasts, particularly on Lake Michigan? Since that's since that's what we're talking about today.
1: So they're they're great. They are, they are awesome. They have gotten better across the years. So, you know, granted, I was there 2015 and, you know, the technology has changed, all that kind of stuff. But nothing beats the, the Mark I eyeballs in your head. You know, you should be on the bridge, you know, on your fly bridge or on the back of the boat or whatever configuration you got. And you're looking around the 360 degrees to say, what's going on over there? Um, because the weather does change, you know, you should be able to get cell phone coverage almost every place except the middle of the lake to be able to get weather radar, um, put your VHF Marine on the weather update at least once an hour and listen to the forecast because it updates that. Um, and you should listen twice to the broadcast because you're in unfamiliar waters and you're like going, where is snorkel? And you're like, oh. And the second time through, you go, oh, the guy's actually saying Chicago North Shore. That now makes <laughs> sense to me. Right, right. <laughs> so so you're good.
0: So on that topic then, you know, it happens, you know, pretty much every year I see a social media post that, you know, somebody having a horrible, unexpected pop-up storm that came out of nowhere on Lake Michigan and they almost died. And, um, you know, at this point, people are like live streaming the drama of that, <laughs> um Is Lake Michigan more prone to that happening than other places? And you know, is there a way to deal with that and try to not have these um, surprise storms coming at you?
1: Yeah. So, no. In 2022, there are no surprise storms. Okay. NOAA has it. Your 15-minute weather radar look. So you're looking at least once an hour. So you've seen these things show up. But if you look more often, you're going to see them start to pop up. It's the, the red, the, what well, it's actually the green becomes the yellow becomes the red. And, you know, a constant watch yields no surprises, you know, people caught in a storm that had their weather radio off and didn't turn Spotify off to see the red forecast. That's where those things are coming from. You know, oh, we were out there with drinks and having a great time and not looking behind us to see this storm about to clobber us. Okay let me be honest you're not on the lido deck of a cruise ship heading to washington island in lake michigan isaac isn't bringing you a death door martini
0: which (laughs) by the
1: way highly recommend go for that i would
0: love for isaac to be bringing me that
1: (laughs) (laughs) but the reality is that you need to both watch the chart plotter and the weather info okay you know and but me saying that's kind of stupid You've been doing that for two thousand miles into Chesapeake, you know. So, you know, you're good. Like, do what you're doing. Always look at the weather. Always pay attention. It's not a big deal to do this, you know. If you get dumped by that, I'll apologize and I'll buy you a drink the next time you're in the Chesapeake.
0: (laughs) Sounds perfect. So, um, as we look to wrap up, what are your last thoughts on the topic?
1: Okay, so, and this is where I'm going to get in trouble again here. So be wary, don't overthink it, okay? Most of you have, at this point, point a 1,000 plus miles under your keel. Not your first rodeo, not your first weather day. You've done weather planning. This is like kind of now it's second nature to you. There's a handful of people that come out of Canada, but they boat on Lake Huron. They've got this down to a science too, so you're good to go, okay? Continue to go out when it fits you, Look at your go/no-go plan. You have one, yep. Kim nods her head and goes, "Yes, we have a Kim no-go plan." Yep, we do. (laughs) If you pick wrong, come back in or go to the next place. No harm in coming back in, you know. And we've gone short trips where we've gone out and come back in, and we've gone. We were told you have amazing food here, and I go, "Oh yeah, go see," and we're good. Okay, (laughs) so that that's it. You know, pretty much this. you're making 260 day trips. So people get kind of waddled up into the, ooh, the loop is a year, a year and a half. It's 260 day trips, plus or minus, whatever. You know, if you screw one up, it's not a big deal. Go out, come back. I'd rather you do that than come to your memorial service. Okay, so it's pretty simple. I do want to give some recognitions to others that are out there. You know, while... Susan and I talk to about 200 loopers a year that come to the Upper Chesapeake. There are hundreds of others of harbor hosts that, you know, give rides, take people to the grocery store, other shopping trips, suggest places to see, set up human and spa days. Ask, we want to help. They will give you weather information. They'll be happy to do that, you know. And it's kind of a, a people get sort of like, well, I don't want to be in a position. Don't be an imposition. Just ask, because when you get back, you're going to want to be a harbor host. You're going to want to help the rest of the people that go through there to help the next flotilla of loopers. Um, quick shout out to the overworked home crew, uh, all the things they make possible. They make the forum work. They make sure you get flags. You know, Kim's out on a boat with her bird and she's not doing anything for them. I, I'm sorry. Anyway, you you know, you want to make sure that, you know, you are flying your flag. And they get other materials. I'm sure they're going to edit the podcast and get this to you. Okay. But the last thing is loopers often think that it's just the two of them out there. It's like, it's just us against nature. You know, we're going to do this. But in reality, there's 13,000 of us at this point that are ready to help, you know, you in a heartbeat to make this loop very successful and the loop very much yours. You know, so we started off with Susan and I being gold loopers. We are so happy to be just two of the 13,000 people to help people. Yeah.
0: And we thank you for that. Um, obviously you're doing a lot as a Harbor host talking to 200 loopers a year. And um, also that is why you and Susan are Harbor hosts of the year, a few years back. Um, and so, thank you so for- let me, yeah.
1: let me say something. There's been over 500 people through here. And I I've, so I've, I've gotten half. So yeah. a lot of credit goes to you. You convinced, you know, so many people to like, oh, yeah, just go buy a boat, go hop on it, go dry 6000 <laughs> miles, which I think is amazing. That's pretty cool.
0: Well, and hopefully they're they're getting some boating education first. <laughs> but yeah, and what and um, weather education and weather information, too. And And there's probably a lot more people on the Chesapeake than some of the other areas of the loop um, because it's a, a very popular place for people who've finished the loop to go back and do some additional cruising because, uh, and there's been a discussion on that on the forum, actually in the last couple of days about, you know, um, spending some more time on the Chesapeake and um, can you cruise you around there? And uh, pretty, pretty great details being shared there. Um, but so, yeah, it's, it's been a great year, lots of loopers out there after a couple of COVID years and it's um, people like Foster and Susan, that help make it so that you're not alone out there. And um, we have come across hugely helpful Harbor hosts, um, hugely helpful members in our circumstance. A lot of that has revolved around borrowing cars and things <laughs> um, since Michael travels a lot for work. And um, once you get into Canada, it's a little bit harder to get back out, to get to places. Um, you know, that's probably the topic for another whole podcast, Um not that most people want to leave Canada once they're here cruising, but um, when you do need to, it's a little bit more of a challenge. So we'll, we'll cover that another time, but Foster, um, thanks to you. What, and what, Susan. One, of my,
1: yes. one of my favorite stories about Canada is we were stuck and needed to go to the grocery store and the guy slid his keys across to me and goes, take my truck. And I go, you don't know me. I you have no idea who I am or anything. Why would you give me your truck? And he goes, yeah, I got your boat.
0: <laughs> good point
1: <laughs> so but it's been great being here kim thanks a lot
0: yeah thank you so much thanks for all you and susan do and thanks for sharing these details because um it has gone another step towards dispelling that rumor that myth that you need to be in chicago by labor day so thanks for the help with that
1: so can the new rumor be you have to be in off the lake after the cubs lose to the phillies
0: Oh, we might get in trouble if that was the rule. (laughs) We know we can't make everybody happy, but we try anyway. So thanks again, Foster. And to everyone who's joined us this week, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.